0: I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die.
1: Man, once again, good morning. Happy Palm Sunday to you. Easter is one week away. Can you believe that? Next week is Easter. What a great Easter we are going to have. And so invite your friends and your family and neighbors and all of these. Um, We're going to have a good a great, great Easter as we worship the Lord together. Um, we'll be ending our series on the seven I am statements of Jesus in the Book of John next week, and so that means we got two more weeks. We got this week, and then we got next week for uh, seven I am statements. And I, I've enjoyed this series uh, because we get to know who Jesus is. Uh, when someone says who they when someone says who they are, you believe them, and so He has been telling us a lot this. Uh, this series, last several weeks, I am the I am the bread, I am the light, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. Last week, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and this week, I am the true vine. I'm the true vine. And so, um, we're going to talk about staying connected to the Lord and uh, knowing who He is. If you want to turn your Bibles to John chapter 15, that's what we're going to be. The verses are going to be on the screen as well, but John chapter 15 is where we're going to be and by the end of this service we're going to ask ourselves a question and it's going to be a question that all of us can answer whether you're you're watching online or you're here today and you're not a Christian or you've been a Christian for 60 years of your life we're going to ask a question to ourselves okay and we're going to get to it and uh, it's going to be a good question it's a question that we need to ask of ourselves okay so we're going to be in John chapter 15 first let me tell you this um, a couple of months ago we Becky and I went out to eat with some friends of ours. And we went and we tried a new restaurant. Okay, This is a restaurant that we had not been to. It was a Chinese restaurant. And we went. And so uh, we're looking at the menu. And I said, just kind of out loud, I said, I think I'm going to order the pork belly. Okay? And Becky says, she turns and she says, you're not going to like that. <laughs> and I said... Well, yeah, I'm going to like that. This is, I've had pork belly before at this other place, and, you know, it was good, and I, I'm, I'm going to like it. And she looked back at me, and she says, well, yeah, but at the other, it, you know what? You're an adult. Order whatever you want to order. <laughs> okay? Does, does anybody have a conversation like this with their husband or wife? And it's just, it, it, am, I, am I the only one that has these conversations? <laughs> okay? Uh, you know what? Order what you want to order, okay? And so we order our food, and I order the pork belly and everybody brings their food out, and our friends, their food looks great, and Becky's food looks great, and mine looks like something. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone is looking at my plate. I mean, it's pretty obvious where it's like, okay, so that's what that is, all right? And so we, we start eating, and, uh, and someone says, everybody's food good? And I said, yeah. You know? And I get about halfway through it, and I can't do it anymore, okay? I tried to save face in front of everybody, you know? I've already told them I was going to like it, and it just, it's not working. And so I look over at Becky, and I say, how's your food? And she says, "Uh, mine's good, but I'm getting a little full, you know? And I said, oh, okay, well, can I try yours? (laughs) And and she kind of gives me a smirk, you know? And she says, yeah, you can try some of mine. And so I take a bite. Yeah, you're just really good, you know? And I said, Did did you say you were getting full? Or are you about done? <laughs> and she says, Yeah, actually I, I am done. Would you like to have some of mine? And I said, Well, we don't want to waste it, you know. I mean it's you know, it's right there. And so I, I ate the food, you know, and, and hers was great. And so we uh, get to the car. And we sit down, and I tried to play it cool all night, you know. And then I said, how did you know that I was not going to like the pork belly? And she said, what do you think she said? Because cause I know you. <laughs> right? Because I know you, okay? Believe it or not, we have had meals together before, okay? I know the things you like. I know the things that you don't like. We've been married 19 years. We've dated for another year before that. Like 20 years together, I know you, Okay? And there are some times that it it takes time to get to know somebody, but she knows the things that I like, the things that I don't like, my strengths, my weaknesses. I know some of those things with her. And so we we know that basically because of time spent together. We've learned to know one another. Similarly, God knows us. Not so much because of time, but because he created us, right? Right? As he has created us, he knows us. He knows what we like. He knows what we don't like. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. And for us, if we want to know God, what do we need to do? We need to spend time with him. How how is it that we think that we can come to church once a month and we know who God is? Okay? We, We can't do that. We have to spend time with God. And as we spend more time with God, he reveals more about himself to us. So if you want to know more about God, we spend more time with Him and we connect with Him. In John chapter 15, He talks about this, about staying connected to Him, to know Him more. And I want to know Jesus Christ. How many of you want to know Christ more? I want to know Him more because the more I find out, the more I like, the more that I find myself grow. The more I find out about him, I begin to grow even more. And John chapter 15, it talks about this. Now, this is a continuation, really, of of last week. As he is still talking uh, at the the Last Supper. You were here last week. We talked about that Jesus put a lot on the disciples in one setting. He washed their feet. He wasn't supposed to do that. Only a servant was supposed to do that, the lowest in the room. Uh, But he did it. Uh, He showed them how to be a servant. Um, He dismissed Judas from the room, as he was going to be the betrayer, um, he talked about how he had to go and die. They didn't like that information. Um, he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Uh, he says in in other in Matthew and in Luke, he talks about how that Satan himself is against you and is, and is trying to break you up. And in fact, for a time, all of you are going to fall away. He hears all, of, all these disciples hear all of these things, which is not good news to them. And there had to be a kind of a, a weight on them. And how many of you have ever felt a weight spiritually? You're just going through something. You're going through a trial or something, and you just feel, you, you just feel weighty. And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you can trust me. You can follow me. All these things that are on you. If you follow me, if you go the direction that I'm going, you're going to get to where you want to end up, which is by God the Father, which is in heaven one day. Follow me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then he ends the chapter, and I I just touched on it a minute, but he ends the chapter by talking about how that he has to go so that way the Holy Spirit can come after. That it's actually a good thing that I go, because if I don't go, then the Holy Spirit's not going to come, and you want the Holy Spirit to come. So he kind of ends the chapter chapter 14 with that, and then he starts in chapter 15 with verse 1, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now again, I don't I, we've talked about being a shepherd. I don't have a lot of uh, experience shepherding actual sheep. I don't have a lot of experience with uh, uh, being a vine dresser. Okay, I've never really pruned grapevines back. I'm not, but I understand the principle of what he's talking about here. Okay, all of you have seen a, a vine and branches, or a tree and branches, and so you see that the the branch that is bearing fruit, whether it's a grapevine or an apple tree, if if the branch falls off, it's not going to bear any fruit, is it? For the fruit to be able to bear on each branch, that branch has to be what? Connected to the vine. Connected to the tree. And so we we understand that principally, right? Principally speaking. That if that branch is thrown to the ground, it's going to wither and it's going to die. But as long as it stays connected to the vine, it's going to stay strong, it's going to bear fruit. And that's for us, spiritually speaking. That if we want to grow and to stay alive spiritually and to produce fruit, we have to stay connected to the vine. We have to stay connected to Jesus Christ. And if we become disconnected from Christ, well, of course, we're not going to stay alive spiritually. Verse 3, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Cleanliness comes from Jesus. Jesus is the word. And he says, The word that I've already spoken to you that cleanses you. So if you're ever feeling spiritually unclean, read your Bible. That's the word. The word that comes to you. In the beginning was the word, the word's with God, and the word was God, John 1, 1 said. So Jesus Christ is this word. Read this Bible. Verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you Unless you abide in me, so that word "abide" is in many of your translations. In some of your translations, it says "remain." Right, so it says "abide in me" or "remain in me." And as I studied it a little bit, you could act, you could also put in the word uh, "accept" or even "endure." So if you abide in me, and I in you, if you remain in me, if you accept me, if you endure me. On some level, there is some sort of choice that happens with us. If it says, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. That means if you don't abide in me, then you're not going to bear much fruit. On some level, we have to have choose to abide in him, choose to remain, choose to accept, choose to endure. And when you do that, then you will bear much fruit. But the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. You've never seen a branch laying on the ground was not connected to the vine and all of a sudden some fruit starts popping out you've never seen that before because that doesn't happen and so we have to stay connected to the vine on some level there was a choice in that if you went home today and you unplugged your refrigerator okay you unplugged your refrigerator and you left it unplugged there would not be an immediate spoiling of all of the food inside the refrigerator correct like it wouldn't just all of a sudden eggs are just like popping or something. You know, all of a sudden the milk is bad just because the, the refrigerator was unplugged. But eventually, the food that is in there is going to go bad. It's going to go bad a whole lot quicker than if you had left it plugged in, correct? There is a slow process that happens. So if you unplug from Jesus Christ, if you did not even talk to him tomorrow... That doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to completely wither up, and now you're looking for sin somewhere, okay? It's like, okay, I didn't pray yesterday, so now let's go find some sin somewhere out in the world. It's like you don't immediately spiritually die at the moment, but when you unplug, you begin to slowly seep away from God. You slowly begin to weather. When you see a branch on the ground, and it fell, it didn't die immediately. It it looked just like it was connected to the tree. But you give it a couple of days maybe a couple hours, depending on what we're looking at, and it would completely wither, and it will die. So sometimes we, we choose not to stay connected to God. We choose not to do some simple things, read our Bible, go to church, pray, just some simple things, worship the Lord, that keep us connected to God, and we don't do a couple of those things, and we think, well, I'm okay. I'm okay. When is being okay a goal of anything when when does well I'm you know I'm okay I used to be really great now I'm okay so I'm fine what 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 are we talking about here okay good enough is not good enough in anything nobody wants to be an okay student an okay business person an okay worship leader an okay pastor nobody wants to be an okay anything you want to reach your potential you want to do your best nobody wants to be okay but when we disconnect from God We don't just immediately spiritually die, but as we start drifting away from him, we start thinking we're okay. But wasn't there a time when you were so excited to go to church, you were excited to read your word, you were excited to do things for the Lord? You were more than okay, weren't you? You were thriving, and the Holy Spirit was using you. You disconnect, and you're okay. Don't you want to be over here doing the great things for the Lord, connecting yourself to God? Don't unplug yourself from that refrigerator, okay? Don't unplug yourself. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's going to say it again. Whoever abides in me, whoever remains in me, whoever accepts me, whoever endures me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branch, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So as he is the vine, we stay connected to him. If we don't stay connected, then we we begin to wither and we begin to die. If you abide in me, he is bears so much fruit. So what is this fruit that we're talking about? Some of it is, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, as we are connected to Jesus, the Holy Spirit works in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these these things are fruit that comes out. But I think more to the point, what he's talking about is things that you were able to do through God. You were able to talk to someone and lead them to Christ. What if you prayed for someone and they actually got healed? What if you actually... Uh, uh, said an encouraging word to somebody else, these are fruits that at the end of the day, when you lay your head down on the pillow and you think about what, what happened that day, you can see the fruit that God has used you to help others that day. That's, that's really the fruit that we're talking about. That amazing things God does through you. God's the vine, he works through you as the branch, and then fruit pops out. Look at the amazing things that God did through you. That's the fruit that we're talking about. So if we never see fruit, if God doesn't use us to do anything, we've disconnected ourselves from the fruit, well then that's, it's going to be taken away. And he says two things are going to happen. Either one thing, you're pruned, what it says in, in, uh, in verse 2, is he, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit, or he says it's going to, throw away because you're not making fruit at all. Okay, so let's let's talk about the first one. Pruning is when you cut some of these branches back so that it can grow more fruit. There's either some dead weight or there's something going on here where you've got to prune the branches back so that the branches can grow bigger and stronger and fuller and bring more fruit. Now, that's painful to cut something back, right? It's painful to go through some situations, maybe some trials, maybe some sufferings, that And it's painful when God begins to prune things in our life. Take things that, maybe even they're good things, but they're things that's keeping us from what he actually wants us to do. And so we can look at it like this, that when trials come into our life, especially us in in America, Western society, if we have a trial, if we have a suffering, it's either the devil's out to get us, or somebody's mean to us, and there's some sort of injustice going on in the world, okay? Anything bad happens to us, well, it's not my fault. I mean, I'm a pretty good guy. But if if something bad happens, well, Satan's out to get me. Maybe, okay? Maybe. Maybe someone else is out to get you. Maybe you're the one that's stubbing your toe and making yourself trip, okay? But either way, if you have trials and you have sufferings, that's actually a good thing. Look at your neighbor and say, What? Trials and sufferings are a good thing. Let me let that sink in just for a second. I don't think you believe me, okay? Trials and sufferings or this pruning, it is actually a good thing. Let me show you. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Not only that, that that is that God justifies us, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Turn to your neighbor and say, rejoice in your sufferings. (laughs) We rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. When you suffer, when you go through a trial, you, can, you begin to build up that, in, that spiritual endurance inside of you, that strength inside of you. And that endurance produces character, verse 4. When you build up and you begin to get strong in the Lord, that character comes out. It's much easier that love comes out. It's much easier that patience comes out because you have endured some things. And that brings some character. And when we continue that in character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So when we go through sufferings, when we go through trials... Believe it or not, that's a good thing because we build up endurance, which produces character, which produces hope in us in a future day in heaven where we aren't dealing with these sufferings and trials. The sufferings and trials are going to happen on this earth. How many of you know that? On this earth, in this life, you will have troubles, but God has overcome it, right? But Jesus, but I have overcome it, Jesus said. You will have troubles. You will have trials. And I say, thank God, because in those trials, I get endurance or strength. I get character, and I get hope. Still don't believe me. James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Count it all joy. I'm just so joyful whenever a trial comes into my life. For you know That the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or endurance. And let that steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you have trials and sufferings or the Lord is pruning something back in your life, what happens is your faith increases, your steadfastness increases, and you actually become even closer to perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, when you choose to stay connected to Christ, even during the pruning or the trials that come in your life. Do you want to be safe, or do you want to be strong? Because you're not going to be safe. In this world, you will have troubles. You're not going to be safe. But we want to be strong. Look at the the stories in the Bible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus did not save them from the fire, but he made them strong in the fire. So then what happened? When they got out of the fire, what else are you going to do to us? You You can't do anything to us. Throw me in the fire again. I'll still be alive. When, when we go through trials and we come out on the other side, don't we look back and we have testimony after testimony after testimony of God being with, their, with us? So then when the next trial comes, what do you got, Satan? What do you got? I'm not going to be safe, but I'm strong. You don't know the endurance that you have in me. And when Jesus prunes us back, we be, that branch begins to grow stronger stronger inside of us. So I ask you today, are you going through a trial? Great! Are you going through sufferings? Fantastic! This is good news! Because you have the chance to show your faith and God has the chance to show His strength. Be thankful for the trial in your life. You get to show your faith God gets to show his strength. So when he prunes us back, real life example, real life example. I had a friend who posted online the other day two pictures. It was uh, She had a 14-year-old daughter that went to go try out for the volleyball team. And so she had one picture of her walking to the, the coach's office with the list of the names of the girls who made the volleyball team. And then she had a picture of her walking away from the list. Okay. So she didn't make the volleyball team. So as in this picture, as she's walking to the list, she's filled with hope, and she's filled with excitement to see her name. And then you actually see the picture of her walking away from the list and just the disappointment that was on her face. And her mom is posting this. And so you you see right there how disappointed that she is. She's about to go through a trial right now. Have you ever been disappointed in life? She's going through a trial right now, and she began, and she's posting this. So what do we do? What does she do? What does mom do? What does dad do? Well, of course, we storm the coach's office with a pitchfork and flames <laughs> and talk about the injustices that obviously happen. There's a discrimination somewhere. No, we don't do that. That's not what happened. She said that they went home, that she's been crying for two hours, and of course she put her arm around her and said, hey, you know, it's not the end of the world, and da da. da, da. And then she said this to her daughter. And I'm not sure if I can say this in a sermon, but well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> she tells her daughter, suck it up, buttercup, okay? That's what she says. <laughs> and she says, is this what you really want? Do you want to make the volleyball team? Well, then here's what you do. You go to work. You put your phone down. You turn, your t- turn the TV off, and you go practice. And you work on your surf, and you work on your hitting, and your positioning, and all this kind of stuff. You prune back the things in your life that are keeping you from what you actually want to do. So that's what mom said. Great parenting, I think. Okay? So then here's, I look at that and I say, have we lost the desire to spiritually go after what we want? Do you want more of God? Then go. What's stopping you? And if there's something stopping you, prune it out of your life. If it's as simple as a phone or a TV or entertainment or work or whatever it is, if there's something in your life that needs to be pruned so that... So that the branch can grow even further so that you can produce more fruit. Trust me, you want to prune that out of your life. Where, where does that... I feel like we used to have this inside of us. That if we want something, we go after it. Do you want more of God? Then go after Him. Go after Him. Cut the things out of your life that are keeping you, that are keeping you at Okay. As opposed to the things that God has for you and wants for you. I want to be the kind of person that prays for someone and they get healed. Well then pray for that. And then go out and start praying for sick people. What's stopping you? Cut it out. Prune it. Get that out of your life. And go after the Lord. Go after Him. So that's pruning. Secondly, he said those things... Uh, Those who do not bear fruit, they're going to be thrown away. The burned branches refers to professing Christians who, like Judas, remember we just had Judas, minutes ago, Jesus asked Judas to leave. Maybe it's a pruning, I don't know. Jesus, minutes ago, said, Judas, you're here to betray me, so go betray me. He was a branch that was not producing fruit, That was withered and he was cut and he was thrown out. How did that happen? Judas, for three years, walked and talked with the actual Son of God, heard sermons and preachings and teachings, literally saw people healed, raised from the dead, Lazarus, and he still chose not to follow Christ. How did that happen? That makes all of us in this room have to think to ourselves, okay? I've I've gone to church for three years. Judas followed Jesus for three years and fell away. We have to continually ask ourselves, am I connected? Am Am I plugged in? Am I plugged in to Jesus Christ? Judas fell away. He seemed like a branch, but he did not have God in his life. And so therefore he departed. Verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. This is great. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So if you're abiding in Christ. If you're remaining in Him, if you've accepted Him and you're staying connected and you're reading the Word, and you're going to church and you're worshiping the Lord and you're praying and you're connecting. You're you're bearing much fruit. You can ask anything and He will do for it. He will do for you. Now we we sometimes we think that and and we think, well, I can ask anything. Well, you're not gonna ask a selfish prayer because you're connected to the vine. You're not gonna ask for a Lamborghini because that, that that glorifies you. But if you are asking things, I pray that this person is healed. I pray that this person comes to the Lord. I pray uh, an encouraging word for this person. When you ask these things, he's going to do it because he is glorified. When you see, let's say, an apple tree that is just full of apples, you don't look at that and go, wow, those branches are good. You say, no, that tree is great. So when you ask things, if you are asking things that bring glory to God, not to you, then he's going to do those things. So you can ask of those things and he will do it for you if you abide in me and my words abide in you. We want to give God the credit rather than the person performing the work. Miracles must be performed for the purpose of leading others to believe. So we should make God's greatness known to the world. That's the fruit. The fruit that we bear doesn't make us look good. It makes God look good. God gets the glory for it. Finally, verse 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Remember when you were a kid, And you did something that your mom or dad approved of. It brought brought them, they were proud of you when you did that. Weren't you filled with joy? Like it's joyful to make someone that you love and care about delight in you. That's, That's what we do. When we do things for the Lord, when we bear fruit, okay, we, the Lord delights in us and our joy begins to grow. As we do things that even we make our boss satisfied. We, we make our spouse happy, our kids happy. When we do things that other people look at us with pride with, that, that brings our joy up. When we do things that we make ourselves feel good, there is a temporary happiness when we get that. But then after that, we're not left with very much. So if you do things selfishly that make you happy you get a temporary happiness. When you do things that make God delight in you, you get an eternal joy. I would much rather have an eternal joy than a temporary happiness. And all that comes from being connected to Jesus. Staying connected to the Lord. We grow, we get endurance, we get strength, we bear much fruit. So the question is, that we need to ask ourselves. This is the question that all of us can ask. Whether you've been a Christian for a day or 60 years. Am I connected to Jesus? I'm not asking, are you a Christian? That's not the question that I'm asking. Are you connected to Jesus? Have you plugged that refrigerator in? How many of you wouldn't think about going a day without plugging your phone up that night? You wouldn't even think about it. That thought would never, tonight I'm just not going to plug my phone up. You you wake up tomorrow and you have 10% battery. Would anybody want to go throughout the day with 10% battery on your phone? Absolutely not. You wouldn't even think about going throughout the day without without plugging that phone up. And isn't it frustrating when you plug your phone up but it's not plugged to the wall? And you wake up the next day, 10%! What?! Your whole day is thrown off. So now you're working in certain spots that's right next to an outlet so that you can get 20%, right? You're you're constantly doing this. We wouldn't even think of going through the day without a fully charged phone. Why would we think about going through a day without fully charged spiritually? Being connected to Jesus Christ. And isn't it frustrating when you go when you haven't spent time with the Lord? Isn't it frustrating how you're supposed to be loving and kind, and but that stuff's not coming out? Because we've not been connected. Because we've spent the whole day trying to, trying to, trying to make it last with 10% spiritual power. I want 100% full power with Jesus Christ. Am I connected to Jesus? Am I connected? And if I'm not, Why am I not? That's the natural question. Why am I not connected? Where do I plug in? That's kind of the natural question. If I'm not plugged into Jesus, then where do I plug in? That has to be the natural question. Where do I plug in? Well, there's many things that you can do. One of those things we're about to do right now. If our worship team would come on up. If our worship team would come on up. One of the ways that we plug in is we worship the Lord. I've asked the worship team to come up. Lead us in a worship song. Worship in a time where we can plug in to Jesus. Now there are simple things. Read our Bible. Go to church. Pray. Worship the Lord. Those are simple, really and truly, base level things to stay connected to Christ. After that, there is pruning that can happen. We take away some of those things, even if they're good things but they keep us from what God wants us to do. Am I connected? Do I plug in? Do I regularly plug in? I wouldn't think about going a day without plugging into Jesus Christ. How 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 do people make it? How do you do it? How do you go days, weeks without connecting with Christ and think that you're going to be thriving on all cylinders spiritually speaking, you're not. We're not. We have to stay connected to Him. So if you would stand this morning, as we're going to go into a time of worship, I do want to uh, open up the altars. So some some of you are here, and maybe this is this is really connected with you, and you say, "Okay, I, I need to actually talk to God about this." I want I want I'm going to open up these altars, and the reason why I want to open up the altars is because sometimes. There's just something about actually stepping out of our seat and saying, God, i mean business. Let, let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to worship in just a second, but I, I need to talk to you. So I do want to open up the altars. For some of you to say, this has hit me. I, I have not done this very well. I've I I got to be honest with myself. And too often I leave my refrigerator unplugged, and then I wonder where the power is. And then I wonder where the power is. So if that's you, I want you to come find a place to pray. But all of us, this is a chance for you to plug into Jesus, okay? We're going to plug in. This is where we get our spiritual power right here. This is where we get it. The Word, praying, worship, here with God's people. So I'm going to ask you to not think about anything else but plugging into Jesus. Get connected to Him. These altars are open, but let's worship the
0: Lord for a moment. Let's plug in. Let's get connected to Jesus Christ.